Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Am I on? I'm on. Oh, great. Superb. Okay, well, <clears throat> wasn't that great time of worship? Oh, sometimes uh, when you're in worship, it's like eating, isn't it? Well, it is for me anyway. <clears throat> it's just like a rich, rich meal. And I'm just thinking, oh, this is really good. I'm really enjoying it. Wow, it's just rich today. Brilliant. Fantastic. Okay. Okay, today, I'm looking for a radical breakthrough among us. I've come, and I'm going to preach on a subject, and I'm expecting and hoping and looking for this church to be different as a result of it. No pressure on you. And I'm expecting, because I'm going to preach on this subject, and I'm expecting that we will be a whole church of people that knows how to do this. That we will be a whole church of people that knows how to lay hands on sick people and see them recovered. And this won't be just for the ones and the twos, but this will be for all of us. Wouldn't that be fantastic to have a whole church of people who are ready and know how to do this? How many people have already done this? You've prayed for someone and they've been healed. Oh, well, there's plenty of room to go then, isn't there? (laughs) Plenty of room to go, yeah. So that's what I'm looking for and expecting today. Now, we've been, uh, I I kind of want to preach on this, apart from the fact that it's in our theme of discipleship. I want to preach on it now because we have seen recently, haven't we, a wave of healing happen. And I have to say, Neil, I thought that story you shared last week about how you had courage and you, you, the the lad, the 25-year-old, was he 25? Was he a Christian, this guy? No, no. So, in case you didn't catch it, Neil and I assume another Christian on the site where you were working got hold of this 25-year-old guy who was bald, and he was really uh, very upset about being bald uh, at this age in his life. And so Neil said, well, can we pray for you? Can we pray for you? And I don't know how how long it was later, but three weeks weeks later, you took a photograph, and his hair had begun to grow back, hadn't it? Okay. Just fantastic. I am so glad you did that. I just want to commend you and thank you so much for sharing it. That did a lot for us, actually, as a church. Brilliant. But actually, we've seen an, a, a number of bits of healing happen, haven't we? We had four people got healed with their shoulder about three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, something like that. Four people. Bang, 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 bang. And uh, uh, I, I know um, it's, it's something about that row at the moment. Actually, Nigel shared uh, about how his <coughs> shoulder was completely healed. He looked a bit confused, to be honest, uh, Nigel, when you spoke to me. You said, I'm not quite sure, but the, the pain's gone. And I think one of your guys had to say, well, that's because you've been healed. <laughs> oh, oh, right, yes. And I think the other story that I uh, remember, I think it was last year now, was Julian. Where's Julian Cheswick? Is he around? Yeah. Uh, your, the healing of your back was remarkable, wasn't it? Okay, Julian. Wow. Wow, really? Well, um, it, just, I'm going to tell your story again, if that's okay, because um, uh, you're a very active man, aren't you, Julian? And uh, I know you'd picked up a couple of bags of cement, and then, and then for some extraordinary unrelated reason, your back went. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I... <laughs> I'm not sure the connection there at all. But, um, but you said, yeah, no, for <clears throat> some reason my back's gone. And, uh, and I think there was a word of knowledge that morning. <laughs> I'm laughing with you, not at you. Um, we, 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 
there was a word of knowledge, wasn't there, about backs, and I think you came forward, and I know when you got prayed for, what you said to me was, as soon as hands were laid on you, you felt your back kind of jerk like that, and then you said you felt the pain leave you. Is that correct? So instantly, so instantly the pain went, and then I remember asking you about a week or so later, how are you, and you said, no, it's gone completely from that point on, and from what you've just said, actually, it's even better. Wow, praise God, isn't that fantastic? It's great, isn't it? Church, be encouraged. John Wimber, who I'll talk about a little bit later on, used to say, when, when healing happens, it means the kingdom of God has come among you. The kingdom has come among us. And um, Now, the truth is we don't see everybody healed. I think we have to put our hands up to that, don't we? We would like to see everyone healed, but we don't. Sometimes we see uh, partial improvement, and sometimes we see, uh, apparently see nothing at all. I think just in the, you know, for the sake of integrity, we have to say that. That is true. But increasingly, we are now seeing people healed. And I want to say this to you. Anything else is odd. If you're in a church full of believers in Jesus, people who are seeking to be disciples of Jesus, and healing is not happening, I've got to say to you, that is out of step with Scripture. That is odd. It's weird. Somehow in our culture, we've turned it around so that it's weird when it happens. Oh, did you hear they got healed? No, no, no. The truth is it's the opposite way around. What do you mean they're not getting healed? That's odd. That's where we've got to be. Because that's what the Bible uh, speaks to us about. So that's why I want everybody, if we're going to be disciples, we're looking at this theme of discipleship, how to be disciples of Jesus. Well, if you stripped out all the healings that Jesus did, how much of the New Testament would be left? It would be weird, wouldn't it? No, a lot of what Jesus did in, in the Gospels was healing the sick. The physically sick and the mentally sick as well, actually, I would suggest. And I want to say to you, that's where we need to be. Let's have a church full of disciples that know how and have the courage to pray for the sick. And that's the step change I'm looking for this morning. So that it won't be just the ones and the twos and, oh, we'll go to that person because they know how to do it. I want to say this as well to you. Well, we just, it is a great joy to pray for the sick. It is great when you pray for someone and they say, typically people say to me, I don't think it's entirely appropriate really, but they say, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> well, I, I think I might, actually. <laughs> you're not going to believe it. And there's the kind of look of amazement on people's face and they kind of go away a bit kind of bewildered, which I think is good, you know. So um, I want you to share in that joy. I want you to share in the joy of what it is to pray for the sick and see them healed. And we're going to recognize, church, this is normal. Okay? Good. Okay, so today, we're going to look at, I'm going to look at three primary questions. We're going to look at what are we commanded to do regarding healing. I'm going to ask this question. Why do we still struggle with healing generally in the West? Why is there a particular problem in the West? And then lastly, I'm going to look at, so how do we do healing? So those are the three questions I'm going to go through. So let's uh, first of all turn to Scripture. So what did Jesus do? Well, let's have a, uh, a look at Luke chapter 9. And uh, we see Jesus has gathered his 12 disciples. 
He's got them, hasn't he? And he pulls them over one day. And he says, now, fellas, you've been seeing me praying for the sick, and you've been seeing the kingdom of God come, but now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. It was always his intention for them to do the stuff. And uh, so he says, he called, this is what the Bible says, he called the 12 together, and he gave them power and authority. There are two things there. Power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Power and authority. And uh, so he gives them this authority, and then they go out. And what happens? Well, we read that in Mark 6. And it says, And they cast out many demons, and anointed with oil many who were sick, and healed them. Please observe, that is disciples in action. That's part of what disciples do. And uh, we then see Jesus... Uh, gathering a larger group of disciples. He then gathers 72 disciples. And he does the same thing with them. And uh, he tells them a number of things in Luke 10. And one of the things he tells them is, go heal the sick. Go and heal the sick. And it says they come back rejoicing at the authority that they have seen in action. They rejoice at the authority in action. There are 41 instances of Jesus healing. Good chunk of the gospel narrative is given over to Jesus either on the way to healing, healing, or just having healed someone. Church, grip it freshly. Then Jesus says this, and this is a remarkable, remarkable statement. Look at what Jesus says. Truly, truly. So in other words, really, really get hold of this. Emphasis here. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus said, whoever believes in me, let's just stop there. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe he's your Lord and your Savior? So does that include you or not? Yes. Yes. So that includes you if you believe. So please do not exclude. We're very Western and we exclude ourselves. We're very good at subclauses. We fit little sub. Well, this is true for most people, but not me. No, the Bible does not give you the luxury of a subclause here. You are not allowed to exclude yourself. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Is that clear? So the stuff that Jesus did, he is looking for his disciples to do. Then he ratches it up even further and he says this. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. So where is Jesus right now? He's in heaven. He's at the right hand of God the Father. And the Bible tells us that right now, right even this moment, Jesus is interceding for you. He's thinking. So he's... so. And because he is interceding, he is saying, I don't know, this is probably the wrong phrase, but he's like a turbo boost for you. So he'll be, when it comes for me, you know, he might be praying, right, Lord, um, uh, Father, I'm interceding for Adam right now because he's going to have to pray for someone who's sick today. And you know what his faith is like. It's like a sieve at times. It just, you know, drains right out of him. So, So, Father, would you help Adam so that he will have some faith when it comes to praying for that shoulder? Jesus is constantly interceding for you. And it means we can go beyond the things that Jesus... Oh, my lace is kind of done. 
Yeah, sorry. We can go beyond the things that Jesus... I don't want to go over, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can see that happening. So Jesus is making it clear that supernatural, godly activity for Christians is the normal standard. And that we should expect uh, to get there. Who remembers a guy called John Wimber? Do you remember John Wimber? Uh, when I first became a Christian, I was probably about 15 or 16, and uh, uh, this was the guy who was around, a lovely, lovely guy, big bear of a man, big sort of uncle. I had the privilege of listening to him three or four times, and uh, he was the guy that was introducing me, and I think, to be honest, most of UK Christianity to the idea that miracles still happen today, and so we were all a bit, oh, what's happening here? And... Uh, <clears throat> He said, and he would, he would see words of knowledge and healing and deliverance and just great stuff, actually. I think he left a fantastic legacy uh, for us, uh, certainly did in me, and I'm sure in many others. And he said this, Christians should be naturally supernatural. Naturally, we should be supernatural. Okay, um, the other thing I think we just need to see in terms of healing is that faith has to be in the mix, doesn't it? Faith. You've got to have faith when you pray for the sick. It's one of the big battles that Jesus constantly has with his disciples. He is constantly saying to them, guys, stop doubting and have faith. And he says to them, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? That's the wrong way to go. Go the right way. And he's constantly uh, teaching and training his disciples to go with faith and not with doubt. They're constantly choosing. That's comforting, it is to me, anyway, that they constantly made the wrong decision. I think, oh, yes, I, I do that. And uh, the need for faith is very clear. You see it with the woman who had bleeding for 12 years. So um, here's this woman uh, in Luke uh, chapter 8. And she's had bleeding. And somehow, over that 12 years, she has caused, interesting, in the midst of sickness, she has caused her faith level to go up. Not down, but up. So she has learnt to believe God. And she's got to the point now where she can say, if I just, I believe, God, that if I just touch the edge of Jesus' cloak, if I could just do that, you will release power on me and I will be healed. And she's in faith for this. And uh, we know that because she's bleeding, actually she is really unclean, according to the culture of the day. And she shouldn't be touching anyone. So she, that's why she was frightened to go out. And she certainly shouldn't be touching a rabbi. But her faith is such. She thinks, no, I know. I'm going to push through. And she touches. And uh, she is healed. And Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Right. Why do we struggle with healing in the West? When I was growing up, all the healing stories were from overseas. Do you remember that time? They were always from uh, Africa or uh, South America, uh, occasionally from the USA, and uh, occasionally from the UK, but generally not. Now, that has changed wonderfully. We are seeing that begin to change. Um, but I still think there are many of us that struggle 
with the idea of anything supernatural that God wants to do. Is that true? Yeah, it's still a bit weird. Well, it comes down, I believe, to what we believe. If you've been raised and educated in the West, you will have been thoroughly uh, indoctrinated by a Western worldview. And um, uh, the Western worldview is a particular kind of worldview. And it's been very influenced, particularly over the last 200 years, by a number of concepts and philosophies. And I would say particularly out of the French so-called French Enlightenment in the 1800s. And there are two, um, there are probably more than this, but there are two particular views which have taken root in our culture. And I would suggest they are now giants. And they're these two. There's a belief in materialism and rationalism. Now stay with me, okay? <laughs> Don't wander off at this point. Materialism is the belief that nothing exists outside of physical reality. Yeah? So that um, everything you can see, touch, taste, and feel is real. But there is no such thing, materialism tells us, as spiritual powers and authorities. There's no such thing as God. And that view has become, as we know, mainstream in the West. Uh, we don't, we don't, that's what we're educated in. And also rationalism. Rationalism says this, that there is a rational, logical, scientific explanation for everything and that every problem can be solved by human intellect and ingenuity. And it certainly means there is no need for, indeed room for, God's intervention in your life. In other words, it is saying man is God. That's what those two views uh, have been said, uh, are, are saying. And the truth is, if you've been educated in the West, you probably partly agree with that. That's the truth. You will partly agree with that. You, you might be able to reject materialism a little bit more, but rationalism, most of us will probably say, yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Certainly, as Christians, we will, we will lean towards those views. Now, what that means is that the supernatural is that much further away for, for us now. Because yeah. we've got a lot of stuff to overcome. You, hello, can you hear me? Yeah. You're with me? Yes. Now, um, there is some truth, I think, to rationalism. But sometimes a logical uh, approach to things is helpful. But where it gets too big for its boots is when it says, I am the only solution. Only rationalism will solve the problem, and we kick God out. We have philosophies that we've been educated in that try and exclude God. They have fed into things like humanism and secularism and, indeed, atheism. And we've swallowed some of this stuff. And then we wonder why we struggle to believe God for the supernatural. Question for you. What do you believe? What do you believe? This is what the Bible says. In, one, in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion. Can I tell you, those things are lofty opinions that have raised their head against the knowledge of God. And they have said, we know better than God. 
We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Today, I have drawn up a confession. And I'd like to put it up on the screen for you. And I'd like you to read it. I'll read it to you. And I believe that as we begin to confess the truth, as we begin to get materialism and rationalism into their place, I believe something will be broken among us today. Because what we're saying is, God, you are Lord. And you are able to do supernatural, awesome things today. Now, our culture would not agree with us. Our culture would say, you're an idiot if you believe that. But we have these giants in our land. And we have to decide whether we're going to agree with them or not. So let me read this confession. I'd kind of like us really to read it all together. But let me read it to you first. I confess that God is a God of the supernatural. I confess that his power is without limit. That he is able to perform signs, wonders, miracles, and healing. I confess that he has done this in the past and still does this today. And that those activities are outside of the natural laws of the universe. Today, I refuse to allow materialism and rationalism or other human concepts to limit me. Today, I embrace the reality that God performs wonders and he wants to use me to carry out these activities. How do we feel about that? We good? I only want you to say it if you're comfortable. If you're not, don't say it. But can we say this together? Can we stand together as a church? And what I'm looking for at this point is a breaking off of old mindsets. And I'm looking and expecting for you to now to be able to receive the truth that God wants to use you in powerful ways that perhaps you have not seen to this point. Okay? So let's say it together. I confess that God is a God of the supernatural. I confess that his power is without limit, that he is able to perform signs, wonders, miracles, and healing. I confess that he has done this in the past and still does this today, and that those activities are outside of the natural laws of the universe. Today I refuse to allow materialism and rationalism or other human concepts to limit me. Today, I embrace the reality that God performs wonders and that he wants to use me to carry out these activities. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Please sit down. Thank you. You know, what we believe is really important. What we confess with our mouth is really important. Um, And I trust that that is uh, important for you today. Okay, so I come on to the last section. And uh, how do we do healing? How do we do healing? Um, 
This is quite a, a tricky section to do, really, because uh, it, uh, there isn't a kind of manual in the Bible, to, you know, like a 20 points of how to do healing. I really wish there was, you know. Uh, if you do this, 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 you will see healing. That would be great. But we, we do see some things that clearly that Jesus has done that we just need to observe. So um, the first thing I would say to you is you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, um, you're going to struggle, I would suggest, in this area. So if you are not filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, I'd love to pray for you. Um, I'd like the ministry team to come forward, and they would, they'd love to pray for you uh, as well afterwards. Please observe, when Jesus uh, dealt with sickness, he didn't pray to the Father, did he? He didn't say, Heavenly Father, please would you heal Fred Bloggs, amen. What he did is he spoke to the sickness, and that's a bit weird if you're not used to doing that. So you speak to sickness and you take authority. Remember, power and authority. You take the authority that Christ has given you and you say to it, get out. You speak to the sickness, not to the individual, but to the sickness. Uh, you tell it to get out. So we see him rebuking sickness. So that's the model that Jesus uh, set. Sometimes uh, Jesus, it says, rebuked demonic forces that seem to lie behind sicknesses or ailments. On one occasion, we see Jesus praying twice for somebody. Do you remember that blind man? He got he, some form of uh, a vision return, but it wasn't 100%, so he had to press in again. Personally, I would say I recognize that a lot. I have to pray three, four, five times. In fact, people get a bit fed up with me saying, can I just pray for you one more time? And they, oh, well, I want a cup of tea, really, but, you know. <laughs> so sometimes you have to press, press through. Often, when I pray for people, on the first occasion, they say, and I say, how are you doing? Any, any change? They say, no, none at all. And it's the second occasion where often people, people seem to say, I'm 70% better. How do you know you're 70% better? But that's consistently what people say. So press in, uh, pray multiple times. Um, so I, I have just got now some practical thoughts that I trust will help you um, in, in terms of uh, praying for the sick. Oh, well, there you go. They were all up. So the first one, do you recognize doubt, right? So let's just create a little scenario. You have just been asked to pray for someone who's sick, and they're just over there. So you have now got, what, a 10-meter walk, a 5-meter walk to get to that person. Pay attention to what's happening now in here, in you. And if you have a sinking feeling as you're walking towards that person, thinking, oh, no... Oh, I just, I, sometimes people fortify themselves in their unbelief. So by the time they've got there, they said, I know this is not going to happen. This is not, this person's definitely not going to heal. Will you pray for me? Yes, yeah, sure. You think, come on, observe what is going on. If there is a sinking feeling, you need to speak to yourself before you get to that person. And you need to say, come on, what is the truth? Jesus said, whoever believes in his name, will do these things. Remember, Jesus is interceding for me right now. He knows how feeble I feel right now. Come on. No, the power of God is available. You know what I mean? Pay attention. To be honest, you will probably get what you believe for. So if you, you believe nothing's going to happen here, well, what do you think the outcome's going to be? Yeah, faith is really important to Remember, choose faith. Do you think Jesus might say to you at that point, why are you doubting? Come on, believe. 
We've, um, yeah, okay. Um, talking about John Wimber, uh, he, um, he did see some remarkable uh, stuff in this area. And uh, he said, but, uh, I think he was particularly intimidated when he had to go and pray for people in hospitals. And uh, he just found that a very difficult environment to go and pray for people in. And he said he used to park up and he would speak to himself for five minutes, remind himself he was a son of God, remember that the power of God was in him and that God is God and is sovereign. So he'd have to build himself up, strengthen himself in the Lord is the phrase. And uh, he would do that for five minutes and then he'd go into the hospital and pray. So sometimes we just need to do that. Do you feel inadequate? Well, probably yes, is the answer. Uh, So um, do you say things like this? I can't do this. God would never use me. It's not my gift. Well, can can I just say, you don't do the healing. You don't do the healing. You can't heal anybody. Uh, You may have noticed this over the years. (laughs) You can't supernaturally heal anyone. God can. He has power that he releases. You're not like, right, I'm so strong today, I can... I can heal you today. No, no, no. It's, it's nothing wrong with feeling weak. Yeah. Feeling, oh, I haven't got anything. But where do you go with it? Press into God at that point. Say, God, I feel so weak. But you are strong. Yeah. But your power. So I haven't got anything. So if anything's going to happen here, it's because you do it. You know, no, use your weakness. Recognize your weakness so that his strength can come. Um, feeling weak is not necessarily a bad thing. Recognize, this is a battle situation now. The Bible would say, you are in a battle situation now. The the Bible says this, that Jesus has come to destroy the works of the evil one. Sickness is one of those works. So Jesus came and he destroyed those works. So when you're going to go and pray for that person, what you're attempting to do is destroy a work of the evil one. Now, tell me, the reality of the devil is, do you, do you think he is going to like that? No, absolutely. So what will he want you to feel? Useless. He will want you to feel, there's no point me doing this. No, I, I, I won't be doing this, sorry. I'm going to back away. Of course he will. He doesn't want Christians to be effective in this area. Hello, yes, yes. We're looking very worried. Don't look worried. This is good, not bad, okay? Uh, D, persist. Persist. Uh, John Wimber, again, in his very good book, still, I think, one of the best books on this subject, called Power Healing, which I'd recommend. It was written in the 1980s. Um, He said he spent nine months uh, praying for people uh, and not seeing anybody healed and feeling an absolute twit. And uh, he, in fact, he'd worked out his patter of what to say so he, and, he, and, and he was asked to go to pray for a lady once, and her husband opened the door, and he went in, and he prayed for her, and he immediately turned around and started to go through the pattern. Well, sometimes people don't get healed because, and da, da, da. And this lady was healed, and she got up behind him. And I'm not sure who was most amazed, really. But he prayed, and the reason he prayed is because, it, look, your word says this. My experience might tell me this, but your word says we pray for the sick and we push through until they're healed. By the way, I want to say to you, I really like doctors. I thank God for the NHS. I'm not, we're not against the NHS. We work with the NHS. Okay, so this isn't an either-or situation. Hello? Yes? 
it's really important we understand that. My dad was a doctor. My mum was a nurse. I thank God for them. They're really great. Sometimes we really need their help, don't we? So we're not saying, and I would certainly say, if your doctor has told you to take medication, don't stop taking it until they tell you to. Okay? So we honour the, um, the NHS and, and the medical profession. Okay, what else can we do? Observe healing. Clearly, this is what Jesus did with his disciples. He healed them when they were around. He healed people when, when his disciples could see. Uh, that woman with bleeding, when she was healed, he thought, this is such a remarkably good story. She tried to run away. But Jesus said, where are you? I know you're here somewhere. And it was a really busy time, really inconvenient. But he found her and said, can you tell the story? Why did he do that? Disciples, learn. So I, I would suggest, for those who've been healed, go up to them again and say, can you tell me your story? Guys, you're going to be busy this morning. <laughs> can you tell me your story? What happened? Julian, what happened? What do you mean it left you instantly? What do you mean? What, how did it... Be convinced by it. Be convinced. See it. It's real. Um, and learn. And let your faith grow. And that will happen as you hear stories of healing. As you go and speak to people who've experienced healing. Faith will grow. Know the truth. Know the truth. I've already quoted some scriptures to you. Uh, one of the ones I use consistently when I pray for people who are ill is this, that the name of Jesus is above every other name. And sometimes when I pray for people, I will speak to the sickness and remind it of that. The name of Jesus, pain in the shoulder, is greater than your name. I have a name that can trump you. I come against you in that name. Get out, authority. Get out. We can wield the authority of God. And then we pray for healing. Um, don't stop short. Don't stop short. Don't get to a point where you say, all right, I have moved now to a place where I believe that God does do healing. And then say, but I don't really believe he'll use me. That's a big difference. You can believe in the concept of healing for today rather than he's going to use you. Lots of people have got to that first point. Yes, I believe that God can heal. But I'm not sure he's going to do it through me. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Uh, next one. If you're honest, does this idea offend you? The idea of supernatural healing. Does it really offend you? See, for some people, it will. Uh, particularly if you move in intellectual circles or uh, you pride yourself on your rationale or your intellect, the idea of being involved with healing can make you feel stupid. You've got to be honest. And actually, one of your fears will be, what would happen if my colleague asks me, do I believe in this? I'm going to have to say yes. And they're going to look down on me and say, oh, you don't believe in fairy stories, do you? For the, an area like this, that's a big deal. It's actually, it's intellectual pride. You might have to die to your pride in order to get in to the healing of God. Uh, next point we've looked at, choose to believe. I think we've already looked at, Jesus asked, why did you doubt? So sometimes we have to make a choice to believe. 
I choose to believe, not doubt. A uh, couple of other quick things. When you give your testimony, not that this is happening at all, please don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't exaggerate when you give your testimony of healing. If, if you, your knee was improved, don't say, my leg grew back. <laughs> my legs have grown back. Well, actually, no, no, that's not true. Your knee feels a bit better. And actually, integrity surrounding testimony is really important because people's faith will grow on the basis of it. And if they find out that what you said is not true, it will do damage. So let, let truth and integrity uh, fill you. Uh, but equally, please share it when, you're, when you are touched by God. It's really important that, first, you give glory to God and that you allow other people to be encouraged by your stories. You are a real encouragement to many. You, you don't look convinced at all about that. <clears throat> okay, last three things. Listen to God before you pray. It's really important. So, okay, you're now walking towards the person you're going to pray for. I would encourage you to be saying, right, Lord, is there anything you want to say to me? And, and trust those little whispers that you hear in your ear, like he hasn't forgiven his mum. So that when you, because that will be the key to unlocking possibly healing for that person. And, and don't say you haven't forgiven your mum. Say, um, say. <laughs> I would suggest that's not terribly helpful. I, put put it. If God speaks to you, often put it to the person as a question. How are you doing with your mum? <laughs> that will be hard enough, probably. Actually, just a question. I'm not you, you blooming sinner. <laughs> so be gentle, okay? Because this is weird. This is very weird, praying for sick people. It is weird. Lots of people come in and say, you do what? <laughs> it's normal for us, I hope. So listen out also for words of knowledge. Words of knowledge. I would love to see more words of knowledge happen. Um, to be honest, it's something God gives to me. I, I trust I set an example of that. I encourage you, follow my example. Bring words of knowledge. Uh, and what I like about them is you can do them quickly, just before the notices. We don't have to interrupt uh, much. You can just tell the, the meeting leader, hey, just feel God wants to heal knees. And while we're talking about that, if you've got pain behind the knee, and I also saw the word kidney earlier on today, so any of those two, I'd love to pray for you afterwards. There you go, words of knowledge. Um, uh, give thanks uh, for anything God does. Small, little improvement. I've got 5% improvement after you pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. <clears throat> However small it is. And then if God does, last thing, if God does do something, so you're praying for someone, and they say, yeah, I just sort of feel hot. I don't know what that's all about. Ask for more. Father, will you increase now what you're doing? Would you increase what you're doing? Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, good. Right, what I'd like to do is um, uh, I would really like it if you would like to make another step forward uh, in praying for the sick. I'd love to pray for you. And I'd like to pray that God would increase your faith. That's what I'm going to ask, that he would do that. And that he would also give you an extra freedom in praying for the sick. I'd just love to do that with you. Never done this kind of stuff before, if I'm honest, but I feel it's right this morning. So um, why don't we stand?
and the uh, ministry team, can I ask you to come forward? Because I'd like you to be doing this as well. So if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, come forward and uh, ask one of these folks to pray with you. And if you would like uh, additional freedom in this whole area of uh, praying for the sick, I'd like you to come forward as well. So Father, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you'd come right now in the name of Jesus. I want to ask you for your blessing now to fall on us as a church. I ask you, we would do church bigger in this area. We would see healing more. We'd see bigger healing. We'd see greater breakthroughs. Father, we've much to learn, I know, in this. So I pray for your blessing on your people now in Jesus' name. Amen.